Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. All right, everyone. Mike here with Brandy Conway from The Beast. How you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So, like I, like I kind of said before we started the podcast, talk to you a little bit. I just kind of wanted to talk to you and just kind of just go with it. Um, I mean, for those of you that don't know Brandy, she hasn't been up in the, the Seattle area and for way too long. <laughs> I was trying to think. It's I've been seen. A couple years. Yeah. It, it's been a while. I've seen Casey recently, you know. Yeah. Time off away from the kids. I send him up to Seattle so he can have the weekend off. He works hard, so I don't work. So he yeah. gets the vacation, you know. <laughs> it's just not fair, you know. Yeah. yeah. I'll be in Washougal, though. So. I'll be there. I'm doing Washougal. That's, yeah, I've got to do Washougal right before I leave for Hawaii. So. Oh, gosh. I miss Hawaii. I kind of miss it. <laughs> I've got to get that. I've got to get all three in a weekend. I've got to do yeah. it. And I missed it every year. I mean, everyone knows my story. You know, the boot the first year, which was the year you were there. Mm-hmm. I remember that because yeah. I got pictures with that. Um, and I then the next year. I was year, so happy to see you and see there. Yeah. And then the next year, I was able to get the Beast and the Super, but I was just so tore up by the time the Super was over. I was like, I didn't want to take the chance because Washougal was the next weekend. Because this year, it's yeah. opposite. This yeah. year, Washougal's first. And then... But last year, Washougal was the weekend after Hawaii, and I was running it with Benton. And yeah. I was so tore yeah. up after the Super. I'm like, I can't take the chance that I'm going to hurt myself and not be able to do Washougal with Benton. Because I missed right. out the year before he did Washougal without me because my foot was broke. So You're, you're tore up, bro. I am. <laughs> I'm getting old. I'm getting old. So, I mean, for those that don't know, I, I just had last weekend... I had a hernia surgery because I had an umbilical hernia that I gave myself in Montana. So, yeah. So, I'm taking a, about a month or so off from racing. but And then I'm going to come back hard and just kick some butt, hopefully. But, you know. Nice. Yeah. So, speaking of kicking butt, the one thing a lot of people may not know about Brandy, unless you're friends with her kind of on Facebook and you've seen the pictures of the Transformation like Tuesday pictures, Brandy's lost a incredible shit ton of weight and i mean that i mean it's amazing to see i mean i'll be honest the pictures the first time i saw the pictures of you because i didn't know you when you were at your 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 biggest right but i didn't recognize you <laughs> i know my friends a lot of my friends that see the pictures because not very many people in my life right now knew me when i was heavy mm-hmm. so they see the pictures and they're like oh my god somebody ate brandy you know, because yeah. they can kind of see it in a smile, and that's about it, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, I think at my heaviest, I was 298 pounds. And hardly walking. Yeah, my my knees and my hips were not supporting my body anymore. So, it was it was time to make some changes. That, so, and it took me a long time to get there. <laughs> how, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, how do you start... I mean, what what makes you suddenly one morning wake up and say, you know, I'm done being this way and, and I'm going to fix it? How how do you? Well, I think the, actually the moment came to me, it was really, it was really weird because I'd always, my entire life had struggled with my weight. I was morbidly obese since I was five years old. Yeah. And uh, then I had, um, sorry, give me just a second here. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen was coming and go, what you doing? Um, so I had struggled my whole life. Um, and I didn't realize that I was like a closet eater, an emotional eater. Like I was completely blind to yeah. what I was doing for myself. And then one day I just realized, you know what? I'm going to die before I even get a chance to live. There's all these things I want to do. And I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it past 30. If I just keep going the way I'm going, you yeah. know, and it was, it was a struggle. I needed help to be honest. Um, you know, the first thing I did was, I think this is where my OCR mentality comes in is I'm like, okay, I'm 300 pounds. I'm going to go hike the Pacific Crest Trail, yeah. not go on a diet or anything. It was, I'm just going to go hike from, you know, the state of Oregon, 
with a 50 pound pack on. And so that was not smart and completely <laughs> unsuccessful. <laughs> I actually uh, broke my ankle on the first day out oh. um, because I was so heavy that the snow was collapsing underneath me and I snapped my ankle. Oh. And then I was so stubborn, I hiked for three more days on a broken ankle and uh, then was in a cast for a year. And after that, it was like, okay, maybe this isn't the way to do it. Maybe I need some help. And so I just, you know, I went to my doctor and I talked to a nutritionist and I talked to a mental health professional just to figure out what was going on and why I was emotionally eating and binge eating and kind of coming to terms with my own demons. And um, then I decided that... um, for me, at that point, the best thing to do is I had a gastric bypass, so it wasn't, I can't say, oh, it was all hard work. I had a lot of help, but that surgery really helped me to start my weight loss journey, um, so at least for the first year, um, but after that, then it was all exercise and nutrition and learning how my body works and how it processes food. I didn't know anything about macros and you know, I had no idea that a carb turned into sugar and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or a carb was sugar. I, I didn't know. I just knew I liked Domino's pizza and Pepsi. You know? Don't <laughs> so we all? It was just, I know. It was a big learning process, though. So, um, but that's how I started. Uh, so I just have the surgery. The surgery, I mean, the, I know a lot of people... You know, you, you said it wasn't just all hard work, but really the surgery, I mean, not to sound bad, but when you're, cause you're what, you're my height, but five, six, five, seven. I'm five, four actually. Okay. So five, four and 200, 298 pounds. That's yeah. a lot for a five foot four frame to move around on. And I mean, if it, it takes is. that gastric bypass to give you that little oomph to be able to go, I mean, that's amazing. But the one thing a lot of people don't realize a gastric bypass is not a, permanent fix it's a band-aid because no. originally you're or not originally but eventually your stomach will expand right so the gastric exactly. the gastric bypass is something that says okay you know i mean not it's, it's like pre-workout when you go to work out it's gonna help you in a minute and give you a little boost but right. unless you do the work it's not going to do anything. If you take a gastric bypass and then continue to do the same habits that you had beforehand, you're going to be, you're you might, you might lose some in the beginning because your stomach's smaller, but eventually you're going to stretch it out and you're going to get it all back. So, right, exactly. so don't put yourself yeah. in like, say that you didn't do all this hard work. I mean, you had a little kick in the beginning to help, but you know, right. you, you kick some ass, right. you know and I mean? <laughs> You're welcome. And the other, I think the hardest thing now. Oh, sorry. Oh, that's I'll okay. just say right now, though, about the gastric bypass is um, for anybody that might be even considering it. Just know that if you're in the doctor's office and they're seriously talking to you about having a gastric bypass surgery, they will never envision you as being an athlete of any kind. They just yeah. want you to lose weight to spend your life because that's the challenge I have now is like this Memorial Day weekend I just ran a half marathon and a 50k over the weekend Yeah, and that was so hard because I can't eat carbs <laughs> and that's kind of what your body needs to sustain you yeah. so it, that's the one disclaimer I'll make for anybody who considers it is it does help it saved my life but if you were envisioning yourself as an athlete later on in life, that part is very difficult. The nutrition part is very hard to handle. Yeah. I, I could see that. And the, the other thing I, I was... my one public service. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say that I thought was amazing is something that you don't hear very often when people are talking about a weight loss journey or anything like that was the mental health. Mm-hmm. That you oh, went huge. to... You went to someone for mental health, and I and I think that's amazing because I mean you don't hear that. Nobody ever mentions that, and it's like losing weight. It's changing your lifestyle. It's everything. It's everything. It's not just you know just changing what you you know going on a diet. It's not a diet, and that's where a lot of people make mistakes. They're like, well, I'm going to go on a diet. A diet isn't going to work. A diet's going to help you in the beginning, but unless you make a lifestyle change, you're just going to gain it back later. Exactly. But well, like, and that's the hard thing about food. If you have a food addiction, yeah, you're addicted to something you need to live. Mm-hmm. That's 
so hard to break the addiction when you have to have food every day. Yeah. That's, it's one of the hardest things you can do. And, or at least for me, I should say. It was one of the hardest things for me to do. And that's, yeah, the mental health, the counseling helps so much. And just to recognize what my triggers were, how to avoid them, how to grieve some losses. I hadn't given myself time to grieve and how to come to terms with things of, you know, what I needed to change about myself and what I needed to let go of about other people. And it was, it was all encompassing. So, and it really helps with my relationship with food to use it as fuel instead of as comfort. You know? Yeah. And that's something that's huge. I mean, I think it's something that not enough people think about is how going to counseling and that mental health can help you in losing weight. I mean, it's just, there's so much that goes Absolutely. into it that, you know, and I mean, I'll be honest, that's one thing I completely, when I'm thinking about it, it's, you just don't, you don't think about the mental, how you you deal with food. I mean, for me, I know one of my biggest triggers is boredom. If yeah. I get bored, first thing I do is I reach for food or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, drink Absolutely. something I'm not, I shouldn't be drinking, you know, and I'm one of those, I, I have to be drinking something at all times. I mean, I have to have something to drink in my hand, not necessarily alcohol right. people. I know I have that stigma about me, but you know, <laughs> but I have to have something like if I'm in the car, there's always a drink in the car with me. So one of my right. biggest mistakes, most, a lot of mornings, is I'll get up and go to work and I'll get in the car, I'll get down the driveway, I hit the end of the driveway and I'm like, oh, I didn't grab a body armor, I didn't grab something to drink. Oh, I'll just stop at a Starbucks. Right. And I get that mocha and that's what killed me. Is I mean, I've talked about it before when I quit, because I quit smoking in July of last year. And when I quit, you know, I was still trying to lose the weight and everything else, but I was gaining like worse than ever after I quit smoking. Mm-hmm. And... I was watching what I was eating and I was keeping track of car, my, my calories, everything else. And I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand how I'm still getting the weight. But what I kept forgetting about was mochas. I would get oh, up in yeah. the morning and do exactly what I just said. Oh, I forgot to grab a Gatorade. I forgot to grab a Powerade. I forgot to grab something to drink, you know, my water bottle, something. So I'd just be like, oh, I'll just stop at, you know, Starbucks and I'll get a mocha. Well, of course, oh, I don't yeah. drink just a normal mocha. I've got to have the white chocolate, peppermint, blah, blah, blah. That's got like oh, yeah. 10 times the sugar as a normal mocha, which mochas already have <laughs> way too much sugar. So, right. you know, by the time I drink it, I've already had my like my calorie intake for the day in my morning mocha. You know, exactly. and it's like, okay, yeah, there's my problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the biggest. That's for me, too, uh, right now is that the majority of my calories come from what I drink and I'm a coffee drinker. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 you know, give myself a high five when I am like, oh, I only had a pot of coffee today. Yeah. Not just a cup, but a pot, you know? Well, and that's how it is with like my new job is they sat there and there, she's like, okay, usually we went through like a box of K cups a month. She's like, since you've started, (laughs) it's like every other week. Right. She's like, we all have like one or two cups. You're at like eight. I mean, <laughs> a day. <laughs> and she's like, and the bad part is you start yeah. drinking water at noon. So, I mean. <laughs> you just mainline the coffee. Pretty much. I mean, I'm. Right yeah. yeah. I love my coffee. I've always, which is funny because everyone laughs because I come from a Mormon family who doesn't drink coffee. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's why I drink so much. I mean, I can remember walking into church with like, I had a, a Washington State uh, cup, coffee cup that held an entire 12 cup pot of coffee in one cup. Oh my God. And I would go to church Casey, with that. Casey just got me like a, like a, it's just insane amount. It's like a 42 ounce. Yeah. Um, cup. It is a cup. It's not a thermos or anything. Is it it's the like Bubba keg? morning cup of coffee. Yeah. I love the yeah, Bubba keg. Yeti. Okay. But, yeah, but it's amazing. It's like, oh, this is so cool. It doesn't fit in my cup holder, and I don't care. Yeah, that, that goes. Yeah, that's my only issue I've had with it. They don't fit in the cup holder. I'm like, they need to make bigger cup holders. In fact, exactly. I I had a car. I used to have a Volkswagen Beetle, and that was my biggest complaint. The why I didn't want, I wanted to get rid of it. The cup holder was so small because it was under the dash that you couldn't get more than like a 12 ounce coffee in the cup holder. Change our habits, the whole auto industry yeah. <laughs> needs to, to reconfigure their cup holders for us. Yeah. yeah. 
And then my old Cherokee didn't even have cup holders. I'm like, this is just stupid. Which Amber's totally fine with it because she doesn't, I, I can't stand it. Every time I get in the car with her, like into her car, there's never anything to drink. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? She's like, if I drink, I'll have to stop and pee every five minutes. I'm like, so? <laughs> and that way I have to have something. I have Water to. Or coffee. Yeah. Even like today, it was like 80 some degrees out. I'm like, no, I have my cup of coffee with yep. me outside, wherever I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah, Take a so. thermos to school with me every day. Yep. So. Well, and that's what I'm working on now. I need to get a better thermos because part of my problem I run into right now is with my new job, I don't spend a lot of time in my office. Most mm-hmm. of my time is actually spent in the car go- going to job sites or going to meetings and stuff like that. So I don't have that time to sit in my office and make coffee. So usually it's if I don't take coffee with me in the morning, I'm stopping somewhere to get it. And that's what I need to work on. Because if I make it in the morning, I'll put like a little bit of something in it, but not a whole lot. But if I stop to get coffee, I'm getting a mocha and then my calories are shot for the day. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. If I, if I have to get it outside of home, I just make sure I get black coffee and that's it. And just deal with it. Just because I know my stuff will be the same way. I'll put, you know, the creamer and all that stuff in it. Then yeah. bad things happen. Yeah. First I get a sugar high and then I get sick and then I get mad. And, you know, yeah. Then I go get a real coffee and then I've doubled my calories for the day because yeah. I have to get the good coffee to make up for the bad coffee. And, and yeah. what, I tr- what I try to do more and more now in the morning if I if I give myself enough time in the morning is I'll make a smoothie. Oh, yeah. Some kind of smoothie in the morning and put, you know, something in it. I've got different powder things from different events that I've gone to and I'll find one to throw it in there. But a lot of times I'll just make a smoothie in the morning and I don't, I have, I don't put anything normally besides maybe some like powder or whatever, the keto and some other ones that I have something in there, yeah. but not even like water. Cause a lot of times what I use, I use ice. I freeze my strawberries and that's oh, yeah. what I use for my ice and my smoothies is the frozen strawberries. Right. So I don't. Frozen bananas are good too because they just, they, make everything really thick and consistent. That's not a bad so, idea. I mean, I'm so bad. Uh, nope. I, I figured out that if you put like, there's certain alcohols, tequila and a few others that are actually paleo. And if you put those in mm-hmm. your smoothie, technically that's a paleo drink. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> always, always wanted to find the loophole, aren't you, Mike? Yes, I am. <laughs> no, with the bananas though, I give my kids milkshakes. They're always asking me for yep. milkshakes. Yeah. I just do frozen bananas with almond milk and then like some of the powdered peanut butter. Yeah. And they just think like I'm the coolest mom ever. I'm like, yeah. Which is awesome because I mean, that's one thing that as a parent, you try, you start finding ways of when you're trying to be healthier, you find ways to make your kids healthier. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's one thing. hard because they're smart. Oh, and my kids are so smart. They know when I'm like making in cauliflower and stuff in that food. Yeah. I have found ways. I found some really good recipes for cauliflower that you can't tell. I made an enchilada, like, you know, dish about a month or two ago with, um, instead of normal rice, I used cauliflower and the whole recipe. And I made this and I fed it to like my wife and my sister and my mom and everything at this, like, you know, thing we were doing, we were testing out, you know, good, healthy recipes and they all ate it and they thought it was great. And someone said something about the rice having, you know, well, we shouldn't have the rice because there's too much carbs. And I'm like, that's not rice. That's cauliflower. So, I mean, it was, I figured out, you know, you can actually cauliflower replaces rice. Good. I mean, yeah. you know, rice has no flavor anyway. So, you know, it's cauliflower. Sure. Yeah. So, and that's what's fun is trying to find new recipes to find ways to, because I'm, I love food. I mean, obviously you can tell by looking at me, but and trying to find ways to make it better. I mean, I've a lot of people, people who have listened to the podcast know this, but some don't. I mean, I was I was this big, if not bigger, before. And then I dropped down to under 200 pounds back in 2010, 11, around there. And was doing half marathons, running every every, you know, two or three, five Ks a month, just going to town, running every day, and then I blew my knee. And that's where all the trouble started happening. I blew my knee. I started gaining weight back. 
And then two years ago on, you know, I broke my foot, you know, yeah. and it's just kind of, I, I'm having issues coming back from the foot. I've got to figure out how to run again. And I'm still having issues trying to get that because my, I don't, yeah. I don't get the correct push off my left foot. Like I used to after the injury. So, right. but it's one of those things. It's always right. learning. So it is, it's hard, you know, well, that's just the other, when I was doing my run, when I was doing my 50 K, I have a horrible hip drop yeah. and it causes, you know, it causes pain and everything. And I had to, I had a long time on that run to think about this, you know, and I've been in school and have done like analysis of movement and exercise prescription and stuff. And it was it, when I hiked that trail and I broke my ankle and I tore the ligaments out. I've spent the past 15 years babying that ankle, which makes my knee drift inwards, yep. which makes my hip, my hip drop and everything. And it's all aligned. It's like, you know, this is something that happened years ago. Yeah. And I'm now finally realizing how my body has adjusted and has adjusted poorly to it. And it takes a long time. And so that's what I'm working on right now is, trying to change my gait and change my alignment because I don't have to baby that ankle anymore. But yeah. for some reason, my body is still doing it, you know? Exactly. And it's kind of one of those, I mean, it's kind of a learn. it's a learned behavior. I mean, it's, it is. you know, after I blew my knee, I mean, it took years to be able to run without completely babying that leg, you know? Right. And it was kind of, it was tough for me because, I mean, I've blown both my knees at one point in my life, you know? And this time it was... The, the right knee and it took me a while to get used to running on that knee again without worrying about it. I mean, I, when I first started doing Spartan races, I mean, anyone who saw me would know that I were full knee braces because I was so worried about blowing my knee out again. And then it's only been actually probably since I broke my foot, I quit wearing knee braces because I realized I didn't need them, Yeah, you know, and I was actually probably doing yeah. more, more issues to my knees by wearing the braces and taking that, you know, support that should be done by my own muscles. So exactly, exactly. And yeah. now you know I really haven't had issues on my knees. The only times I'd really like knee braces that I miss the knee braces during Spartan races stuff like that is the uh, the barbar crawls. Oh yeah. <laughs> the knee braces were great because they were padding on my knees. So, but you know. Gotta learn to roll under that barbar. Oh, it makes me it, sick. You know? Like immediate, <laughs> like two rolls, and I'm like, I'm gonna puke. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I roll and then I flip and then I roll the other direction. <laughs> and, and that's what I, I yeah. And, and that's what a lot of people Everybody tell me to do. But hates me because I'm kicking people, but I'm like, nope, I gotta do it this way. <laughs> yeah, I keep hearing that you gotta switch, and I'm like, yeah, I just can't do it. I just literally like two rolls, and I'm like, I'm gonna puke, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. We've talked a little bit about the the weight loss and stuff. What what other things keep you going? What what keeps you moving on the weight loss and doesn't you know where, where you don't stop and start going back to it? Your bad ways. Uh, it's it's hard because I've actually gained quite a bit. I've gained about forty pounds, mm-hmm. and over the course of being married, having kids, and having surgeries and everything, but I still feel like I'm healthy. I'm, I'm probably healthier now than I was at my lowest weight. Uh, but I think just my kids, you know, I got to keep up with them. My work, they'll, my, yeah, my oldest son is eight and he's almost my height and my weight. <laughs> and so I got to keep up with him or else yeah. he's going to take me out one day. He's going to realize he can take me out. So that's a good motivation. Um, but I'm going to school um, at 40 years old, I decided I figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And so I'm going to school for exercise science to be a personal trainer or at least work in the health and wellness industry. Yeah. Um, that is a huge motivator because all your classmates and all the faculty are like eyeballing you constantly. Like if you, if you bring in something that you're not supposed to be eating, you're going to hear about it from like 30 people back <laughs> So yeah. that's a really good motivation. Yeah, um, I can see that. But it's just to, you know, be, be a role model for my kids. I show them pictures of the way I was when I was at my heaviest, and I tell them about the physical problems that I had because of my weight. And 
explain that that's why we're moving the way we're moving and we're eating the way we're eating. And I can't turn around and eat a bag of Doritos in front of them because, you know, mommy would be lying then. (laughs) So I don't, I, I have to do it for them. I have to lead by example. That's amazing. And it is. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's one of those things that I hated. And this will sound horrible to say this, but I hated it when I was a teenager because anybody who knew me as a teenager, I my nickname was Stick Boy because no matter what I did, I could not gain weight. Like nothing. I graduated high school at 140 pounds. So, and my parents were constantly dieting, constantly dieting. So it was like one of those things, like they would take out all the fun stuff in the house. And I'm like, um, where are the chips? Where, where's this stuff? They're like, well, we need to be on a diet. I'm like, hey, you're fat. I'm not. I mean, you know, and, and it can be tough because, I mean, when kids are younger and they're growing up, they see it as, well, that happened to you because you're old. Right. And they don't think of the fact that, you know. Maybe if I'd paid more attention as a teenager, as I got became an adult, I wouldn't have gained the weight like I did. You know, if I would have listened to my parents and my dad saying, you know, I, I was the exact same size as you when I graduated high school. And I'm like, yeah, sure, you were fatty, you know, but <laughs> then I grew up and all of a sudden, huh, guess what happened? I did the exact same thing. I got bigger because I didn't take the time to learn those good habits as a child, you know. I was like, well, pfft. yeah. I'm skinny. Why do I need to learn how to diet? You know, and that's, I think where a lot of times that you run into with that child, child thinking of, Oh, well, I'm not you. It's not my fault. You're, you're chubby. And that's never going to happen to me. Right. It's like, it's called genetics kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. And if I can ask, let me tell you. It's like, it's called genetics. If both of your parents are big, there's a good chance you should probably figure out how to eat correctly when you're young. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was real thin, but my dad was big, and I certainly got his genes. I got his height and his weight. Yeah. Me and my brother, both. my mom's like the only, I think she's maxed out at 115 pounds, seriously, her whole life. And yeah. she doesn't gain weight, damn it. <laughs> you know, and there's some people that can get away with that. But, I mean, then there's the, the like, other 99% of the population who, you know... Too many, right. you know, too many years of eating crap. And I mean, I was one of those. Yeah. My my favorite foods were Mountain Dew, which is horrible for you, and pizza. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, with extra cheese because I love cheese. I'm like, if I could live off cheese and it didn't kill me, I would. But, I mean, it's – and that was my problem. But, I mean, all through, junior, all through high school, everything else – constantly eating that crap and never gaining weight and i'm like i'm fine see i'm good i've got a great metabolism right i turned 25 where'd that metabolism go you know <laughs> and all of a sudden i'm i'm a big guy and i'm like oh this isn't what's supposed to happen right. you know so but if i'd learned you know those those habits you know and like you said i think it's mental health too i mean if you go to a counselor and i mean when i lost all the weight the first time i had a nutritionist telling me what i could eat and one of the biggest right. things she would tell me was a lot of my favorite foods, like chili. I love chili. She's like, mm-hmm. you can eat all the chili you want. Just don't eat it out of a can. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's exactly. like, make your own. She's like, most of the foods that you like, if you make it at home without all the preservatives and all the salts and all that crap in them, they're actually good for you. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, I've even found, I figured out how to make pizza with a broccoli crust. It sounds horrible, but it really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's one yeah, of those things. If you like a food, learning how to cook, yeah. yeah, learn how to cook it, and learn how to cook it a healthy way. And I mean, I, I think that's what it is. I think there's so many people that believe that if I'm going to eat healthy, I have to eat tasteless. Right. And that's not how it is anymore. Maybe 50 years ago, sure, but even then, you there's called seasons, seasoning, huh? Yeah. You know. Exactly. And I mean, you can figure out and there's recipes out there because a lot of people have figured out that, hey, if you make food taste good, people eat just about anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's a learned thing, though. It's, I mean, it's, it's all on a learning curve. Of, it's starting small, though, and making small changes, you know. And it is. Figure out why you're eating that way first and then start changing it, you know. But if you don't figure it out, you're just always going to go back to it. 
Exactly. And I mean, the, the other thing you run into is you get so many people that are, um, they, they're not patient. They'll go on a diet or go on, you know, change their, the way they eat or what they're eating. And if in a week they haven't lost, you know, lost anything. I mean, there'll be people, I mean, you have to realize sometimes when you change your diet, your body's going to react differently. You may actually gain weight right. for the first couple of weeks. And, it, and it's so slow. You know, you can really only like lose a pound to two a week for, or excuse me, a pound a week, a month, a week, yeah. a pound or two a week for it to stay off. Yeah. And for it to be mostly fat as well. If you're doing it with nutrition and exercise. Yeah. And I mean, most of just with your diet, you're going to lose water. Yeah. You know? And that's really what a lot of those cleanses are. Yeah. That's what a lot of those cleanses are. Hey, you can drop 15 pounds in a week. It's mm-hmm. water. Basically, what you're doing is you're yep. dehydrating yourself. Most yep. of those cleanses, they make it so that you basically have the run so bad that it flushes everything out of your system, <laughs> including all of your, like, your water. I mean, we're what, 70? How much percent water? You should know this. You're in school. We're a lot. Yeah. Like 75. Yeah, at least. Yeah, a lot of us is water. So, I mean, if you flush out enough water, you you know, but you're not healthy. I mean, try doing one of those cleanses where you drop 15 pounds and then running a marathon the next day. You're not going to be able to because you're going right. to be too dehydrated and too worn out. You know? Absolutely. And then the weight's back within and a it, couple of weeks. Yeah. And that'll, and it shows, and to prove it, I mean, it was great. Last, last term of the term before, we had to do sweat trials. So we had to weigh ourselves and then we had to do like 45 minutes cardio, of hard cardio. Yeah. And then we weighed ourselves when we were done. It's like, we just lost four pounds in 45 minutes, you know, because you're, you're sweating so much, you're losing so much water. And, yeah. and people don't realize that's what you're doing when you're, you know, when you're starting your diet and it's all water weight in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time for it to be fat. Yeah. And if you're not exercising, it's probably a lot of its muscle too that you're losing. Yeah. Yep. And that's what you run into. I've seen a lot of my friends and I've got a few friends that have lost weight just on Weight Watchers. Just on, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, but you have, you've done nothing to build the muscle. Right. And that's where you're going to have problems is, I mean, you can lose all that weight, but in all reality, even a big guy like me is probably going to still outdo you on like a Spartan because I still have all the muscle. Right. You know, but mm-hmm. let's take a quick break and have a commercial, do our commercial and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more. Sounds good. All right. Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, we're back from break, and we were talking about, like, being healthy and all that. And I know you said you're going to school for, you know, to be, to do something in the the athletic field. What would be your dream? What would be your dream job when you finish school? That is so hard to say because it is such a huge arena. You know, all these tiny little scopes of practice that you can focus in. Um... I think I would be very happy if I could work with the morbidly obese community who are contemplating on having gastric bypass. Yeah. So I can help help them with nutrition and help them mainly with movement. When I was morbidly obese, I went to the gym. I got a personal trainer. He had no idea what to do with me. Yeah. I mean, he just didn't understand why I couldn't do box jumps. I just didn't want it hard, bad enough or something, you know, and I got yelled at and I got not, you know, I didn't feel very good about myself. And and moving for your own health should be one of the most empowering things yeah. you do for yourself. I mean, no matter what your body type, what your body shape, what type of exercise you're doing, you should feel 100% empowered and good about what you're doing. I don't care if your main source of exercise is getting off the couch and walking to the mailbox every day. If that's all you can do, if that is your struggle, you should feel amazing about that. Yeah. And build from it. You know, use that empowerment to build on that and get momentum. Um, so I would I would really like 
to work with that community. Um, but I think deep down, I am a little bit too... Mean is not the right word, mm. but, <laughs> <laughs> I, but I really like, you know, like the really hard boot camp type fitness personally, and yeah. I like watching people accomplish that. So I, I think as, as both, I'd like to be a personal trainer, hopefully to people that are struggling um, with obesity, and then I'm also getting um, certified for group fitness instructor, so I'd love to do some sort of boot camp or you know, uh, circuit or something like that too for group fitness. So hopefully I can have the best of both worlds. You know? That'd be good. I mean, that sounds fun. I mean, it's right one of those now, things. I'd be happy with an income, you know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> that's a start. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of why you go to school. I mean, it's one of those things that you go to school to better yourself, but you have to understand that, you know, sometimes going to school, it's going to be tough, but the outcome is what you're looking at. I mean, it's going to be an amazing outcome once you finish it. And just so you know, you can talk mean to me anytime you want. I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's good. I'm, I'm learning so much more than I even thought could be possible. And I just finished my first year. I just got my first personal training certificate and, going to finish my group fitness and my healthy older adult and then by this time next year I'll have my associate degree. Nice. And then I'll be, well this fall I'll be certified personal trainer because I'm going to do my national exams and then group fitness and healthy older adult. So just kind of doing a little pyramid of getting um, certified to do all these. Um, but there's so many, there's so many avenues, you know, and the program, I'm in the exercise um, science program, but it's so broad because there's people there that want to be um, physical therapists or nurses or nutritionists. So we have to touch on everything um, mm-hmm. for everybody to get their associate's degree. So you're learning a little bit of everything. So it's kind of every term, we're like, ooh, I'd like to do that. Yeah. Ooh, this looks good, you know? I love doing assessments on people. I love doing gait analysis and doing body composition and cardio uh, cardio assessments and strength assessments and everything. So I, that's a really fun part of the job. So no matter where I go, I think fitness assessments is going to be a big part of it. I, I really think that. Uh, it's cool to, to think that you're just one great big neat puzzle, you know? Yeah. And it's all math. Your health is one big math equation. I mean, if you no, it is. get the mental health part right, then all you have to plug the macros in, plus your cardio and your strength and your, you know, flexibility and all this kind of stuff. And it just all, and it always ends up the same. You know, if you, if you do it right and you do the equation right, you're always going to have success. It might not be in your time frame that you expect it to be, but it's, you're going to be successful. And that's what I think is amazing. You know, the, the human body is an amazing thing. And it is. It, it'll treat you as well as you treat it. And I think that's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. It's, it's kind of cliche, but I know my one of my instructors just said, just remember, your body is your car. And this is the only car you're ever going to drive for the rest of your life. So make sure you use premium fuel. Make sure you, you know, get your tune-ups right early, and you'll be able to drive it for the rest of your life. I was like, that is awesome because I've been driving mine like it's a rental, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, you gotta kind of shift your mindset and go, yeah, I'm, I want to be with this car for a long time. And right now I'm planning on living forever. So, <laughs> I'm hoping to. I, I, yeah, I, I've driven mine like it was a rental. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a, in a college town. I drove mine like it was a rental in a college town. It was not good, but, (laughs) and it's, that's awesome. I mean, trying to figure out the human body, I mean, is tough and I'm glad you're able to kind of figure out what you wanted to do. It's one of those things for me. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 and that's where I made my mistake. I went to school years ago and never finished because, you know, financial issues and stuff like that, but I never finished. But now I'm looking at that. I finally at 40 and figured out what I want to do. I love de- dealing right. with safety. I love the safety field, you know, and what I figured out is 
to get my bachelor's degree in safety, I would pretty much have to go back and redo like almost everything the first the three years I've already done towards my bachelor's degree. So my only choice is basically I either start from scratch or I finish out my my business degree and just you know find other ways to deal with the safety. So it's kind of. Right. It's good. I'm glad you were able to figure out yours. And I mean, it's one of those things. And I think that's the hardest part with growing up is when we're younger, people are so quick to be like, what are you going to be when you grow up? You're like, oh, I don't know, but I guess I better go to college and figure it out. Yeah, I worked. And I think I think everybody straight out of high school should be working. Yeah. I, I am a firm believer of, you know, gaining experience by doing. You're not going to learn what you love out of a textbook. No. You're not. You're going to learn it by living and by no. practicing and yeah. applying skills. And I don't think anybody should be going to college. I mean, right out of high school. No. I, you don't I know what you want to do. Planned, oh, Jesus. I thought I was going to be a friggin' Janice Joplin right out of high school. You know, I was planning on having a singing career. And then if that didn't work, I was going to be a freelance writer. And, yeah. you know, I all these things. It's like, no, I need a job. I need to pay some damn bills. Yep. You know, and then let me figure out what I like as I grow up, and it makes it a little bit more terrifying. I mean, I I worked at the same place for 22 years, and I quit my job on Christmas Day. That was my Christmas present to myself, so I could go to school full time. And it was That's one awesome. of the scariest things on earth, you know. But no, it is. Like if you, I would never have. I wouldn't be here, probably even physically, <laughs> if I said okay, I'm going to go to college for writing or try to, you know, yeah. cash in on a, you know, singing scholarship or something, you know, it just, it, I wouldn't be here. No. And I certainly don't, wouldn't be doing what I love. And at least now for the first time in ever, I can, I wake up and I'm truly excited to be going to school. And it's great. You know, this last term, I took seven classes and five of them were fitness classes. And wow. then, how great is my life? You know, I was it's taking awesome. yoga and Zumba and weight training and aquatics. And I'm like, I'm getting my degree doing this. This is amazing. You know? And so it's like, it's, I, I wouldn't have been there at 18, you no. know? And, and I don't know, just... if you got it, if you got it figured out at 18, more power to you. But maybe I'm just slow on the uptake, but it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah, and that's kind of it. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people who went to college and got a degree and are still doing what they went to school for. Um, You know, the one guy that I do my podcast with, he drives for Monster and uh, he's got a degree in radio, Mm -hmm. but he drives for Monster because he doesn't, you know, there's no job. He's going to find a job in radio and eventually decide it's not what he wanted to do. I mean, we do do a podcast together. The, the Renerdist podcast, for those that don't know. But, um, <laughs> gotta plug my other one occasionally. But, you know, and then I have other friends. I have one friend who went to, to school, become a teacher. He's a carpenter in the Carpenters Union. Yeah. Because he makes more money. But, <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those that, you know, I have a lot of friends. And I mean, you know, you look at statistics of people who like go and get college degrees and then never use them. Right. You know, and that's one thing, like, one of my bosses was telling me, she's like, go ahead and finish your business degree. Because with how much experience I have in construction and in the safety field, she's like, they're just going to look at the fact that I have a degree and not pay attention to what it is. Right. You know, but it's just like, you know, I spent all those years going to school for a business degree that I spent enough time in business and being a manager and everything else that I realized I don't like it. Right. You know, I quit my job because I don't like being a boss. I'm good at it. I don't like it. You know? I mean, when I got to a point that I started enjoying firing people, I'm like, that's not who I am. (laughs) Yeah, that's never a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. I took joy in firing a guy. He was, I mean, in my defense, he was a tool shed. Not just a tool. He was the whole shed. But, (laughs) I mean, that's just not my personality. I'm not that person that's like, well, you're fired. Good for you. And, like, feel good about it. I mean, it's like, no, I mean, even I could fire my worst enemy and I would feel bad about it. And then right. I, I didn't feel bad. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm turning into someone I don't want to be. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and it's that's the way I was at my job. It was, it was like a cult, you know, yeah. I, I had 
I was a I was a union employee. Yep. I was a glorified cashier that made way too much money and got way too many benefits. And I I was, you know, brainwashed into thinking, well, I'm just a cashier. I'm never going to find the money. I'm never going to find the security and the benefits anywhere else with my knowledge. Yeah. And I was miserable, but I was there doing yeah. it. And it, it was a wake-up call just to go, no, I'm, I'm better than this. And I have a lot of other experience in life. And mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anyway. I'm, you know, I like people, but not all day <laughs> standing in front of my face, you know, and demanding things from me. And yeah. it just, it, it just, just didn't work out, you know? Well, and it's so. one of those things, I mean, I have... I see other friends and I was doing this myself where I was working so hard to give my family the money and the support and everything that they needed that Mm -hmm. I never got to enjoy it myself. Yep. And does that make sense that I was working, you know, so hard to make sure they had all this and spending so much time at work and was so stressed out about it that Mm -hmm. it came to a point that finally I'm thinking, why? Yeah. What, what am I doing? I, I'm working so hard for something I can't enjoy because I'm working so hard to make sure I have it. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I, and Casey was my wake up call. I mean, he just, he told me, he's like, no, you're quitting because yeah. I want my wife back. You're completely unhappy. You're miserable every day. You come home in a bad mood and you're just not the person that we used to know. And yeah. like, no, you've got to do what you want. And, yeah. Everything will fall into place. If you're doing truly what you're passionate about, everything will fall into place. It's going to be scary as hell. Yeah. And it might take some time. You know, I I had to feed my kids hamburger helper a couple times. You know, because it's yeah. like, well, I don't got a job. You know, we got to eat. But it's just like, it'll work out, you know. And, and it will. sure enough, it's been, it's been two terms and things are looking up, you know. Yeah. I'm. I'm starting an internship this summer working at a gym, being a personal trainer, which is awesome. That is awesome. And in the fall, I start working for the school, you know? I work in the athletics department um, at PCC starting in the fall. And as soon as I get my certification for um, a personal trainer, I get to be a personal trainer for the school. And I just travel to the campuses and I I teach. I'll, I'll have clients and stuff and get paid more than I was making at my other job, which is amazing. So I think it's, you just have to take the leap first and just kind of have a little bit of faith that you're contemplating it because you're supposed to do it. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things I think too, is like when, when your work starts taking over your personal life, Mm -hmm. it's no longer, I mean, you're supposed to work so that you can afford your personal life. Exactly. But if your work is taking over your personal life, what are you working for? Does that exactly. make sense? You, you, yeah. yeah. I mean, if your work, if you have no personal life, what are you working for? I, I have a friend that I've had this conversation with on Facebook repeatedly who's talking about working 14-hour days and everything else. And I'm like, why? When are you going to spend time with your family? Oh, well, the weekends. Well, no, you tell me all the time that you're taking phone calls and doing everything else all weekend long. When do you get time for your family? What are you working for? So that they can have a great time. What about you? You're eventually going to burn out and it's all going to come tumbling down. So there's no mm-hmm. point. You work so right. you can have a personal life. But if work becomes your personal life, then yeah. Now, if the other way around, if, you're, if your personal life becomes your work, then you've got it made. Yeah. That's that's the goal we're all looking for. We want our personal lives to become our work because exactly. then we're making money doing what we want, it, what we love doing. What we love. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. You know, and that's one thing that's... that's that I love about my new job. I get to teach. I get to make sure people are safe and get to go home, you know, safely every day. And I, and I love that. I mean, I like teaching. I love making sure. I love feeling like someone went home today knowing something they didn't know because of me. You know, right. and that's, that's amazing. That, that is, you know, and it's, you know, I did my first OSHA 10 class last week and it was amazing. I got to sit there and talk to them. And when they left, they were like, you know, I didn't know these rules had changed. I didn't know these rules about OSHA that I couldn't do this or I had to do that. And they're like, thank you. You know, and they were all like, you know, when they first came into the class or like OSHA 10, 10 hours of OSHA, they're like, they felt like that was going to be too long. And once right. they finished, just about every single one of them was like, when are you doing OSHA 30? Because I don't feel like I learned enough. I need, I, I don't think 10, o- 10 hours wasn't long enough. I need, an, I need more. So, and I mean, that made wow. me feel, feel great. 
And that's what I want to do. Well, and I'm loving it. If you're, if you're doing what you love, if you're doing something you have a passion about, people are going to pick up on that. They're yeah. going to notice it. They're going to get excited for it, too. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what's cool. And I think that's a big reason why, you know, I'm choosing this path because I just get giddy. You know, when I can finally figure something out, and yeah. it's like, oh, my God, this is awesome, you know, and just wanting to share it with everybody. Like, you know what I learned today? This is so cool, you know, and it's just, it's it's great. And if you can spark something in somebody else, too, that's even better, you know. Oh, it is. Because they might not realize they have a passion for it until you teach them about it. And that's, that's a, the amazing gift that we can give to each other, you know. Do something you're actually passionate about so you can spark passion in other people. Oh, yeah. You know? And I agree. And I, mean, I think someone, uh, and I'll be honest, if I was to have a personal trainer like you, I think I'd probably pay more attention and listen because you can... You can pull from your personal experiences. You know, I've said this before and I know a couple people have gotten kind of mad at me for saying it, but it's hard for me to listen to someone who's been an athlete their entire lives and connect in any way on what they're telling me to do. They're like, well, do this. It'll make you lose weight. How do you know? You've never been there. You've been healthy your entire life. You've talked to me about how you, you know, played soccer like all through high school and you were this healthy, great active guy your entire life and you've had amazing six-pack abs and now you're telling me how to lose weight how do you know you know and it sounds bad saying that and it's like yeah they've gone through all this training and everything else but when you have someone like you right in front of you that's like you know hey i was 298 pounds and now look at me and i'm like okay i i'm gonna listen to you (laughs) yeah that's yeah experience does does um supply a great deal of empathy you know because i can I can see somebody who's having a hard time moving, and I know I've been there. You know, I'm, I'm at my heaviest. Uh, this is bad, but I, I slept on a futon mattress on the floor. I didn't even have a bed frame because the bed frame wouldn't hold me. You know, and no. I, I remember the not being able to get up off the floor. <laughs> you know, it's like I can't. I physically can't get out of bed. How am I supposed to jump on a treadmill? You know, yeah. I, I understand those those challenges and um i it's yeah if you've lived it you're gonna have a lot more empathy um that's talking about that i get so mad when i see those memes on facebook that like when you see a personal trainer who needs a personal trainer you know and it's like oh that just makes me so mad because i know i don't look like the elite athlete i know i don't and but I've been through a lot and you have the knowledge to give. Yeah. And everybody's in their own journey. And exactly. I know I can be a very good, effective personal trainer and still be going through my own weight loss journey and my own wellness journey at the same time. You know? Because yeah. if you haven't gone through it yourself, how exactly. are you supposed to walk somebody else through it and recognize, you know, the obstacles that are gonna happen before they even know they're gonna happen. Yeah. You know? So, and I, agree. I, hope, I, I hope I can bring a lot to the table. You know, I hope I can help a lot of people. And, and if I, I think can you help can. this one, I'll be happy, you know? Well, I mean, if so. you lived closer and didn't live all the way down in Oregon. Milwaukee. Milwaukee, Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> then I would hire you as my personal trainer. Because, I mean, I, I'm sure you could help me. And not in that way, perverts. But... <laughs> I had to say it. Anybody who knows me and Brandy knows that we've got a whole like Facebook yeah thing that yeah. So absolutely, <laughs> where we joke around all the time. So, but like I was saying, someone like someone like you is someone I can listen to because I just I'm one of those people I read people, and that's always been kind of one of my things. And when I'm talking to someone, the thoughts are always going through my head. How are you? How are you supposed to help me if you've never been through this? You know, and it, right. it's. You know, like I said, when I was younger, I had, I was a skinny six packs. I mean, if you saw pictures of me when you were, I was 16, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, I was like ripped and I had that attitude of looking at people who were bigger, like, well, why are you fat? I mean, why don't you just get off your ass and do something? Because I'd never been through it. And now that I'm older and I'm, well, I'm fat, but (laughs) 
I get it and I understand now, but, and that's my problem. I think when I see these physical trainers and they're like, well, you know, yeah, I've always been good and I lifted weights all my life and I blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, cool. You've never, I mean, they've had to work for it, but not in the way that I would see like you, you've been where I'm at and had to work from like to work at it when you're not in the right shape, when you're in great shape, it's, you have to work to keep it. Yes, you do. But it's different than when you're starting from our size, when you're a bigger person and you're trying to get smaller, you do it. You have to work differently. Oh, exactly. And I feel a lot of times. The mindset's different too. It is. Because, you know, you go out there and, you know, get out on the track next to people that are, you know, six feet tall and 180 pounds or whatever. And they're running like a gazelle. Yeah. You know, and you're out there and you're trying and you're running the fastest you have ever ran, you know, and you're running a mile without stopping and you feel great. But there is that, what are these people though looking at me doing this? Like, why am I here? You know, and I feel that and it, and it sucks, but you know, you can, whether they're thinking that or not, you You as a heavy person is probably thinking that, you know. And that's one of my biggest problems is I get out there and I'm like, I'll be running or doing something. And I, you get that mentality of where you're looking at someone who's looking at you and they could have in their minds thinking that is amazing. I am so glad that guy's out here. He's trying to get better. He's doing a great job. And that could be what's going through their head. But in my mind, what's going through their head is what is that fat slob even trying to do? Exactly. No, you know, I'm not, I'm not like you. You know, you know and, at these trail races, oh my God, these trail races, they were all just, just svelte, toned, lean runners. And I'm there going, I am the heaviest person in this pack running the 50K. And I'm looking at them and it, I'm kind of like smiling like, yeah, I promise I'm not trying to be like you. I'm not trying to take away from your race, you know, yeah. but it's like, and they were probably just like going, you go big girl. You yeah. don't get it, you know? Yeah, you and, don't. And at the end, I felt great because guess what? There are those really nice slim runners. I put on the finisher shirt and my biceps were too big for the sleeve, you know? And I was like, yeah, I'm okay with this now. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll be the big girl on the trail, you know? Oh, yeah. My biceps were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like me, you know, when I did my marathon. Is I mean, I was like... I even said it beforehand and, you know, afterwards, I'm like, should I, should I be out here? Probably not. I'm probably not in the right shape, but I'm doing it anyway. And I felt like that whole time, like everyone's looking at me like, oh, what's the fat guy out here trying to do? You know, but when I finished, everyone was there clapping, cheering me on. And it's just like, wow. And I mean, I literally, I mean, people on the podcast have heard this before. I literally passed the last runner with a hundred feet left. <laughs> I was that close to being the last guy across, you know, but I did. I actually asked her if she wanted to finish together. So she wouldn't be last. And she's like, no, you know, but you know, and it was just like, you know, it felt amazing. Cause there were still people there waiting. And I mean, they flat out told me they're like, we're there. Keep people with me so that I can finish as long as it takes. Right. You know, they're going to, yeah. you can finish this race. You just, as long as you want to keep going, you can keep going. And it That's was tough. Cool. It was tough. I, I wanted to quit. <laughs> I really, really wanted to quit. But but I told myself before my 40th birthday, I'd do a full marathon. And I did. And when everyone asks me now, they're like, when are you going to do your next one? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I did one. I'm a marathoner. I'm good. Check that off the bucket list. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's what I told Casey when I got home. I was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. And then like the next day, he catches me online like looking up 50 k. Is it 50k? 31 miles. 31, okay. So that's a little yeah. more than a, the marathon. So, and see, I, I honestly, I'll probably end up doing at least one more marathon just because yeah. my one friend that went with me, and maybe two, depending on Emily, because I've told both Emily and Dawn who went with me and they didn't finish, but they started with me, that when they decide they want to do a full, 
that I'll go with mm-hmm. them. Absolutely. I don't really want to, but I will because they were there for they were there for me, and I will be there for them. Um, there you go. That's awesome. So, and I want to do another. The other thing on my bucket list is a triathlon. And I'm actually looking at, I got to get a hold of, yeah, Dan, if you're listening, or is it Dave? I'm horrible with names. You got to get me the info about that triathlon. But (laughs) there's supposed to be a triathlon, one of the sprints that's like not the full distance. Um, The Memorial Day weekend that, or Labor Day weekend, Labor Day weekend that I might be doing. So to check that one off my bucket list. I'm not a swimmer in any way, shape, or form. I love scuba diving. I'm good at scuba diving and all that stuff. But I sink like a rock in water. <laughs> so scuba diving is amazing for me because I can – and that's my other problem. It's either my hands or my legs. I can't do them both at the same time. So scuba diving, it's just my legs with the fins. And swimming, it's just my arms. I never kick when I swim. So I have a, I get tired quickly. But I figure that might be good for a triathlon because the other parts of the race are with my legs. So I'll just kill my arms off right off the bat. I don't think there's a triathlon in my future. I don't, I don't like bicycles very much and I'm not a strong swimmer. So it's one of those trail running. I want to do it just to say I did it. It's kind of one of those. I've gotten to that point. There's a few things that I've wanted to do that are on my bucket list that I'm like, what am I waiting for? You know, it's like they, if you wait for the right time, you're never going to do it. So it's like with the marathon, you know, I kept waiting. I kept saying, I'll do it before my 40th birthday. I've got time. I've got time. I'll get to it. I'll do it one day. And then all of a sudden, you know, Amber pointed out last summer, your 40th birthday's in December. And I'm like, oh, well, sign me up for Seattle. I guess I'm doing that one. You know, and once I signed up for it, now it's like, it's real. I have to do it. You know, but if I keep telling myself someday I'll do it someday, someday, it's, it never happens. I've told myself for the last four years I was going to do that race. I was either going to do that or the Rock and Roll Seattle. And then it came down yeah. to that it was six days before my 40th birthday. I finally did it. So that's the one thing I could tell everyone. Don't don't wait for that when the, the right time. If you want to do it, get off your butt and do it. Just do it. Right, exactly. You know, that's how I am with, with Spartans, with the marathon. Was I ready for any of them? No, not one bit. But I got out and did it anyway. Have I hurt yeah. myself on multiple Spartans? Yeah, probably because I'm fat and I'm out of shape. But I get out and do them anyway. <laughs> you know? And you and me are in the same boat with that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why can't I walk six weeks later? Yeah. Maybe I should go to the doctor now. <laughs> well, and that was it. I mean, Montana, I dislocated my shoulder and gave myself a hernia. You know? But I just popped my shoulder back in and, you know, kept going. So... That is so Mel Gibson and lethal weapon. That's it's, awesome. I've dislocated my shoulder so many times, it just pops back in. <laughs> you just have to like set it on something and then just drop your weight so it pushes your shoulder up. And when it does, the, the motion pops it back in. Ugh. It's slightly painful though. Yeah, I would think so. <laughs> oh, but I think we, we've, we've been talking over an hour. So this yes, is awesome. This has been, it's been awesome. Delightful. It has been very delightful. We should do this more often. Um, Absolutely. Is there anything else you you want to say to the listeners? Anything you words of wisdom? Don't put your finger in a light socket. I mean, <laughs> right? Don't eat yellow snow. Just the basics. <laughs> um, no, I just you know, as as corny as it sounds, it's just like if those stupid Facebook memes are true, if it terrifies you but excites you at the same time, it means you're supposed to be doing it. Yeah. You know, just don't be afraid to pull the trigger and make a change for the better. If exactly. it makes you happy, everything around you is going to fall into place. Yeah. that's what you're here for. You only got your one life. You know, you can't sit and, and say, I'm going to do it tomorrow because there might not be a tomorrow for you. You yeah. know? And it's just kind of kind of like a whole seize the day kind of crap, you know? It's like <laughs> Seize the cart. my motto right now. <laughs> no, we, you know, I wake up in the morning, I'm on summer break now for a week with my kids, and it's great because they're just having so much fun because I'm like, okay, we wake up, we have our breakfast, and I'm like, okay, what should we do for an adventure? And it doesn't matter what they say, you know, it's like, okay, let's go, you know, so we've been hiking, and, you know, gone and dug holes in the backyard, you know, looking for worms, just this the slightest things, but you, you do what you're passionate about, and yeah. you just 
you have fun and you just live live for that moment of happiness. And that's what you got to do. It, it is sometimes. And when I get, oh, and one more thing. When I actually become a CPT, hire me because I'm going to be a great personal trainer. <laughs> I told you I would hire you. You just got to come all the way up to Piala. I, I can totally do the remote thing, you know, online. It, it would be great, you know? No, online's not as fun. you got to come up here and pick up. It's, it's much better when you're right in front of me yelling at me. Okay. It gives me All that right. whole better, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. We definitely need to do this again. And Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. And tell Casey I said hi and the kids. And will do. Have fun, and I will talk to you later. Yep, I will see you in Washington. All right. All right. Take care, sweetie. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at BeastOCR.com.